You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello, and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today we're going to talk about the borderline personality disordered woman. Just as narcissistic personality disorder is an epidemic, so is borderline personality disorder. Where those diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder are roughly 80% men, the opposite is true for borderline personality disorder, which tends to show up more in women. Both NPD and BPD are coping and defense mechanisms against one's own pain, fear, and insecurity. It would make sense that there would be different symptoms based on how one is socialized. Women and men are typically raised with a different set of rules. For example, it's okay for girls to cry and be emotional, but big boys don't cry. It's much more acceptable that men get angry, but anger doesn't look good on women. It's not that men should never cry and women should never get angry, but these are some of the rules our society imposes on developing men and women. Narcissistic men often seem to be cool, calm, and collected until they suffer from narcissistic injury, which is really another word for a blow to the ego. When the narcissist suffers a blow to the ego, he may react with anger and rage, which can be a surprise to anyone who has bought the story that this person is Mr. Calm, Cool, and Collected. Borderline women, on the other hand, can be very emotional, using tears and other emotions to get their way. Like the narcissist, the borderline can be very manipulative and controlling. Borderline personality disorder has the fear of abandonment at its core. So any threat of abandonment, real or perceived, is met with extreme anxiety and acting out behaviors. The borderline is often described as an emotional burn victim who is so hypersensitive that she reacts to everything. Narcissists, on the other hand, are driven by a fear of enmeshment, which is quite the opposite of abandonment. Narcissists fear being swallowed up, controlled, and suffocated. The irony is that they will often be the ones controlling, suffocating, and swallowing up, just as the borderline is often the one doing the abandoning, either physically or through the silent treatment. It can often be difficult to detect whether a controlling, manipulative individual might have either borderline or narcissistic personality disorder. Although we can't diagnose someone we're in relationship with, we can often look at the characteristics of such disorders and see if the person in question ticks the boxes. Although some people might feel we don't have the right to make such judgments at all, I feel it's important when dealing with an extremely difficult personality to have an understanding of personality disorders. When we understand that most cluster B personality disorders like narcissism and borderline 
have a lot of the same manipulative, gaslighting, controlling, blaming, shaming, and undermining behaviors, it helps those of us who've been affected not to take such behavior so personally. We can develop an understanding that it's the disorder causing the behavior, not us, even if we're told that it's our fault. I want to talk about the female borderline today because I'm working with so many clients who have either borderline wives or mothers, sometimes both. Most people involved with a borderline woman find her near impossible to deal with. Like the narcissist, the borderline woman has a rather large blind spot when it comes to her own behavior. She typically blames the person closest to her for why she acts the way that she does. She may come across as willing to have a discussion and work on the relationship, but what she really wants is to work on getting the targeted person in her life to take responsibility for all the problems in the relationship. She simply doesn't take responsibility for any of the issues. Like the narcissist, the borderline projects her inner demons outward and sees them as coming from outside of herself. If she's anxious, it's his fault. He's making her anxious because he's failing to do what she thinks he should. She's unable to see that she has an internal issue with anxiety and needs to work on it from the inside out. Borderlines have many of the same traits as the narcissist because borderline personality disorder is really a type of narcissism. Borderlines are self-centered just like the narcissist. The primary difference is not just the fear of abandonment rather than engulfment, but the ego structure is more fragile. Where the typical narcissistic ego can seem bulletproof, the borderline ego is full of bullet holes. She's much more likely to have an ego collapse and plummet into self-loathing and suicidal ideation. Really, at the core of a borderline woman's fragile ego is a deep self-loathing that is so painful she can't face the reality of it. Her defense mechanisms pad her from the pain of her self-loathing and deep insecurity. Men with borderline partners report feeling completely inadequate in the eyes of their partner. Just as the child of a borderline mother can feel completely inadequate in the eyes of that parent, they can't do enough or be enough to please the borderline. They find themselves jumping through hoops in attempt to pacify and please the borderline, and at the same time, walking on eggshells for fear of setting her off. The borderline woman is quick to label her partner as borderline or narcissistic because she's projecting her own narcissism onto her partner. She's also projecting her self-loathing and feelings of inadequacy onto him. The result is often that the male partner of the borderline woman ends up feeling there's nothing he can do to please this woman. She tears him apart every chance she gets. She's constantly on the lookout to find fault in her husband or partner and trying to get him to take responsibility for his long list of inadequacies. She will often insist that he change, which is why these men often come to me for therapy. 
It's not uncommon that a man will come to me and say, my wife thinks I'm a narcissist. She says I'm doing this wrong and that, and I don't do enough of this, and I'm not attentive enough, and I don't pay enough attention to her, and the list goes on. She will often accuse him of giving the children more attention than he gives her. She's in competition with her own children. Like a narcissistic personality, the borderline is very hungry for attention. We call this attention narcissistic supply. She needs to feel that she's loved, adored, admired, desired, and properly tended to. If she doesn't get what she wants, she will often either attack her partner or ignore him. There's a book about the borderline personality disorder called I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. The title alone describes the crazy-making reality of the borderline. She projects her own self-hatred and yet is terrified of being abandoned. The irony is that she pushes her partner away through her complete mistreatment of him and then attacks him further for shutting down or leaving. There's no winning. The borderline personality believes she can treat her partner horribly, and he will continue to be there for her whenever she needs him to be. She can't seem to fathom that if you treat somebody badly on a daily basis, that they're not likely to stick around for long. Of course, many partners of the borderline personality stay much longer than they should, and this is because they've been so beaten down that their own self-esteem has been destroyed. There is also the hope that she will change and be that exciting, brilliant, beautiful, sexy woman he fell in love with. Although that woman may show up from time to time, The time of sweetness and light becomes less and less, while the time of character assassination becomes more and more. So why do men get involved with and stay with a borderline woman? Well, as I said before, a borderline woman can come across as very put together. She can be very kind, caring, and sweet. She can be beautiful, charismatic, charming, sexy, and seemingly willing to do anything for her man. At first, he may feel that he's died and gone to heaven. But after a while, he may wish he could die and go to heaven. Oftentimes, men who get involved with a borderline will have a borderline mother or a narcissistic father or some combination. There's some instability in the family. He's used to being confused, controlled, undermined, unsupported, unloved, and put down. His self-esteem may be low as a result. He may have grown up in a dynamic where he had to work hard to get his mother or father's attention and prove himself worthy. He may be used to getting crumbs from a relationship and not expecting anything more. Walking on eggshells, being confused and controlled may feel normal to him. It's familiar. In the beginning, the borderline woman may be more sexually adventurous and willing to please her man than any woman that he's been with. And this is because the borderline woman typically will use sex to control and manipulate. 
She uses it to hook a man in and get him to pledge his life to her. And this is all an attempt to appease her fear of abandonment. After the relationship has been solidified through marriage or moving in together, the borderline woman may withhold sex as a way of controlling and punishing. Many male partners of borderline women report not having had sex for a very long time. Some say it's no longer a part of their relationship. Some men no longer want to have sex with their borderline partners because they've been so beaten down by them, they no longer desire them. So sometimes it is the borderline woman who complains that her husband doesn't want to have sex with her anymore. And sometimes it's the male partner of the borderline who complains that she no longer wants to have sex with him. It really depends on the dynamic. Borderline women will often get pregnant to hook a man in. The man may not be ready to have kids and even communicate this with her. He may believe that she's taking birth control because she said she was, but then, surprise, she doesn't care that he's not ready to be a father. She knows that once he finds himself a father, that he will be more more likely to stay with her for the sake of the children. It's really all about her needs and fears, and she has no real concern for him and what he needs. She will even hook in a man she feels will be a good father or financial provider and get pregnant in order to get a good child support check every month. Once again, she doesn't care if he wants kids or not. In her mind, it isn't his decision. It's hers. The borderline woman is very good at playing the victim card. She turns everything around to paint herself as a victim, and she's very good at convincing others that she is the victim in a situation. Normally, she's the one causing the problems, but she won't take any responsibility. She may actually believe that she's the victim because her blind spot is so huge, she can't see how her own behavior is causing the reactions in others. Like any typical narcissist behavior, the borderline will provoke another person and then focus on the reaction of the person she has provoked. It's like she pokes the dog and pokes the dog until one day the dog finally turns around and bites her hand. Then she's a complete victim of the dog biting her. She completely overlooks the part where she poked the dog until the dog couldn't handle it anymore. A borderline woman will attempt to control every aspect of her partner's life. She may believe it's her right to tell him what he can and can't do, how he should be with the children, and who he should and shouldn't have in his life. She will attempt to eliminate anyone in his life who may see her true colors or who she feels threatened by. She's unwilling to compete for attention and makes demands on a regular basis. If her husband has a female friend or co-worker, she will likely be very threatened by her. She may imagine the worst and believe her imaginings are true. 
She may accuse him of wanting to be with this friend or co-worker or best friend's wife or student or any woman who she's aware is spending time with or giving attention to her husband. She will even be jealous of his mother, sister, children from a previous marriage, neighbor, or anyone she feels is taking too much of his time or attention. What a borderline is capable of doing to get her husband or partner to abandon his relationship with the woman or man she's jealous of has no boundaries. She will make up lies and stories that have nothing to do with reality. Or she will just be at his throat so often about that person that it just isn't worth it anymore for him to associate with the person she has it out for. Men will often report losing their friends as a result of their borderline wife or partner. This is exactly what she wants. She wants all the attention, all the control, all the power. Anyone who's getting attention from her partner is a threat. Most men that I work with do have a breaking point. They begin to wake up and realize that what they are living with is not normal. They begin to identify the borderline behavior as abusive. They begin to learn how to set boundaries, which doesn't go over very well at all with the borderline. But this is the only thing he can do if he expects to continue to live with her for the sake of the children. He needs to begin to stand up for himself, set healthy boundaries, not engage in arguments, not defend himself against her accusations, and leave the room when she's out of control. He needs to learn that he can't reason with her or get her to see her own behavior. He can't convince her of his innocence. He is guilty because she says he is. If a borderline senses that her husband or partner is at the end of his rope, she may up her game. She may start flirting with other men and begin looking for a replacement in case he decides to leave. Because of her fear of abandonment, she will often attempt to fill the space before it's even empty. Borderlines will often abandon before they can be abandoned. Borderline women will have affairs in order to punish her partner for even thinking about leaving. Or she will have affairs just to punish. It's not that she tells him about her affairs, but she justifies it within herself. Is a borderline woman truly capable of love? Not really. No more than a narcissist is capable of love. This is because she has so much fear, insecurity, and self-loathing that there's no room inside of herself for love. Love always comes from within us, not outside of us. So she attempts to get her needs for love met from the outside and ends up feeling frustrated and defeated when it doesn't work. She blames her partner for not loving her enough when the deeper truth is that she hasn't learned to love herself enough. Most borderlines come from abuse or neglect. There's often sexual abuse involved as well. 
She's broken on the inside, but has learned to put on a smile and convince others that she's strong and confident. And she can be very convincing. Only a handful of people may ever get close enough to see her true colors. This is usually her family, close friends, partners, and children. I've heard countless stories of the borderline woman who goes on a rage rampage, yelling at her spouse or children, and then when the phone rings, she picks it up and answers with the kindest, sweetest voice. It's mind-blowing to the person on the receiving end of the rage. How does she go from fuming to sweet without any transition time? Well, like the narcissist, Her fragile ego is caught up in how other people perceive her. She invests a lot in putting her best foot forward in many of her relationships. She may be considered to be a very kind, generous, and giving person in her community. She's invested in being seen in this way. Ironically, borderline personalities will often pair up with the narcissist. They're quite a perfect match as far as family dynamics go. The narcissist keeps her on edge, fearing abandonment and feeling bad about herself. The narcissist has met his match with the borderline as she challenges his overinflated ego, attempting to cut him back down to size. But because the borderline comes from abuse, she's also more likely to find herself in abusive relationships with the narcissist. She may not find the ego strength to leave him. But the borderline woman is just as likely to pair up with a man whose self-esteem is compromised. This way she can take control and keep him in his place, which is kissing up to her constant demands. Just like narcissism, borderline personality disorder is on a spectrum going from mild to severe, and not all borderlines are alike. I've given an overview, but if you know a borderline, you may find that there are a few things I talked about that isn't true for her. Also, there may be some things that are true for her that I didn't talk about. Many borderline personalities can be very high-functioning. They can have successful careers and the appearance of a great family life. They may look great from the outside and no one may ever suspect. However, she may come on very strong in new relationships in attempt to secure the relationship quickly. This applies to friendships as well as mates. I've had people tell me that she was a little too eager to lock in a friendship. Borderlines and narcissists often skip over the normal steps of developing a relationship because they don't have the patience or know-how to allow a relationship to unfold in its own timing. Instead, they blow into someone's life like a hurricane. It may feel like a warm tropical wind at first, but then as the speed picks up, she leaves a path of destruction behind her. The big question is, can a borderline change? Can she be healed? Well, just like the narcissist, it isn't likely. 
although she has a better chance to seek genuine help when she goes through an ego collapse than a narcissist whose ego often remains propped up, when her ego collapses, she will often feel her pain to such a strong degree that she considers suicide in order to escape the pain. Many borderlines attempt or successfully commit suicide. Although she may attempt suicide in order to get attention from someone who has withdrawn their attention, she is often truly in deep pain and seeking a way out. It's in times of ego collapse that she's most likely to respond to therapy. But I don't recommend that a husband or partner of a borderline hang out for the very long therapeutic journey. It will be a very long one spanning many, many years. This is if she truly sees a problem and wants to heal it. On the most part, she will see a therapist for a few sessions and then find fault with a therapist when he or she tries to draw a boundary or confront her with something that she doesn't want to look at. Dialectical behavior therapy, also called DBT, is currently the most common used type of therapy for a borderline personality. This type of therapy involves mindfulness and learning to control one's emotional reactions. When a borderline can be mindful that her pain is coming from the inside and not the outside, she can learn tools to tolerate and manage her pain rather than react and lash out at innocent others. The road to recovery for a borderline can last for decades before she finally begins to heal and take responsibility for her own pain and suffering. She can learn in therapy that she's not to blame for her childhood abuse or sexual molestation, but she is responsible for managing her emotions in adulthood. She needs to learn to identify when she is triggered and what her triggers are. She needs to understand her fear of abandonment and how to be present with herself so that she's not abandoning herself. There is likely only a small percentage of borderlines who actually do get better. And these are the ones who really recognize that they have a serious problem and want to change it and are willing to do what it takes. They need to be willing to do the hard work of feeling the painful emotions and finding new ways to cope. For those of you who are with a borderline or have a borderline family member, you need to be mindful of your own codependency and not invest your time and energy trying to be a savior and get the borderline to change. You are the only one that you can get to change. You have to be willing to see how you have focused on trying to change the borderline to avoid your own pain and unwillingness to draw boundaries and stand up for yourself. The borderline in your life is more likely to change if you leave the relationship, or stop tolerating the bad behavior. So what about those of you who think that you might be borderline? You might ask this question because of a high level of sensitivity. You might be a highly sensitive person. You might be able to relate to the emotional burn victim description. 
you feel highly sensitive and reactive. You're suffering from PTSD symptoms and wondering if something else might be going on. There are some people who are equating borderline personality disorder with complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And most people coming out of traumatic relationships do have complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which I call CPTSD. People with borderline personality disorder are thought to have developed the disorder as a result of extreme trauma. And this is also how we develop CPTSD. I would like to address this by saying that I too thought I might be a borderline when I was in the clutches of CPTSD after a traumatic breakup with a narcissist. I did all the research and held myself up to the symptoms for BPD. And here is what I discovered. The extremely painful symptoms of CPTSD, such as high anxiety, reactivity, obsessive thinking, ruminating, insomnia, isolation, and agoraphobia, are typically temporary. Most people who suffer from extreme CPTSD symptoms improve over time. They may need to get some help to cope and get through it, but in a period of six months to two years, they bounce back to a more normal level of functioning. The triggers that are really strong in the beginning, including strong feelings of abandonment, lessen in intensity over time. Although you may feel insecurity and high levels of emotional pain, these feelings can improve with therapy and core wound healing work. A borderline personality may experience symptoms similar to PTSD, but these feelings are more a way of life for them. They don't lessen or go away with time. In fact, they can get worse. Many people have fear of abandonment issues, and this doesn't mean that they have borderline personality. Any more than having high levels of anxiety mean that one has BPD. People with BPD are typically crazy-making and even downright mean. They tend to lack empathy for those who are on the receiving end of their abuse. They blame others for their insecurity rather than take responsibility for it. Their fear is so strong that they cope with it by trying to manage or control their external environment. BPDs will often have difficulty being alone with themselves, where people with CPTSD often prefer to be alone. BPD is not CPTSD. They're both trauma-related disorders, but they're not the same disorder. Just remember that most people I work with see a marked improvement in their symptoms in just a few weeks to a few months. BPD takes years of intense therapy to see an improvement in symptoms, and people with BPD are more likely to blame others for how they feel than look deep within themselves. It's true that many people with BPD do get involved with narcissists. Getting involved with a narcissist doesn't mean you have BPD. Those of us who are recovering from the fallout from a relationship with a narcissist may relate to many of the BPD characteristics during their recovery phase. Mostly anxiety, 
fear of abandonment, and high emotional reactivity. Some people who are recovering from narcissistic abuse may have mild to moderate borderline personality disorder. You have to be willing to look deeply and honestly at your history and maybe get a professional evaluation. But once again, if you've just come out of a narcissistic relationship or are struggling with narcissistic family members, you may need to give yourself time away from the toxic people in your life to see how you feel after six months to a year or two. Getting therapy is always good when you're struggling with painful symptoms. Learning how to deal with your pain and core wounds is a necessary part of recovery, regardless of what diagnosis you might have. The majority of people I work with coming out of narcissistically abusive relationships are not borderlines. However, I have worked with a few people over the years who I believe did have borderline personality disorder. These are the people who try to control the direction of therapy and get very agitated if I take the control back and ask some very difficult questions. If I make an observation, they will often argue with me that my observations are not accurate. And if they're triggered in therapy, they may get agitated and angry with me to the point where they quit right there on the spot or devalue and discard me. They often expect me to give them special treatment and bend my rules for cancellations and payment, believing such rules should not apply to them. In working with borderlines, I'm often praised in the beginning and devalued in the end. I'm blamed for their lack of progress rather than taking responsibility for their own unwillingness to look at the real issues. I also feel a sense of relief when they go away because the sessions themselves are emotionally intense, and as a therapist, I often feel that familiar walking-on-eggshells feeling. I want to be very clear, however, that I rarely work with full-blown borderline personalities. Most of the people I work with sincerely want to see an improvement in their symptoms and will put their trust in me to guide them through the healing process. They are cooperative and respectful. They acknowledge my rules and guidelines for therapy as a necessary part of running a business. To sum it up, borderline personalities are in a lot of pain, and those who love them can't take them out of pain. You can't love them enough to heal them. They have to love themselves enough to heal their own wounds. The best thing you can do with a borderline if you don't leave, is to have very strong boundaries and don't allow the abusive behavior. Say no to any kind of abuse. Let them know it will not be tolerated. Guide them to therapy if you can, but don't try to be their therapist. You need to have strength and courage to stand up to a borderline. So if you're lacking in strength or courage, Get help to reinforce your inner self. In the end, we're all responsible for our own path in life, for our own healing and our own growth. If we're unhappy in life, we need to take responsibility for that unhappiness. 
If we continue to get into abusive, toxic, narcissistic relationships, we need to take responsibility for that and make changes on the inside. When we make the appropriate changes on the inside, we will notice that life begins to look very different on the outside. I want to thank you for listening today. And for more information on my work, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. I will see you in the next podcast. Thank you.